Hello, and welcome to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Megan Liz Smith, and joining me as always is Annika Marilise. Hey, Megan. This isn't just any episode of Speaking Startup. No, it is not. Today's episode has a theme. So, Annika, do you want to give the listeners a little hint? Sure. Well, here at Missouri Business Alert, we talk about agriculture a fair bit. And today we're going to focus on a certain plant that's likely to prompt some budding businesses. Mm. This particular crop is green leafy and Missourians recently voted to legalize it for medicinal use. I bet you guessed it. This episode is all about cannabis and how entrepreneurs can take advantage of a brand new industry in the state. First, I'll talk to Robin Ann Morse, founder of the Mary Jane Agency, a staffing agency for the medical marijuana industry, about what it takes to succeed in the cannabis industry. Then, a Columbia cannabis entrepreneur stops by the studio to share some of the challenges and triumphs she's faced getting her business, Hemsley, off the ground. After that, we'll take a look at some important numbers in cannabis entrepreneurship news. Let's get started. All right. So without further ado, let's blaze through the week's startup headlines. The Missouri University of Science and Technology is teaming up with two battery manufacturers to figure out how to make homes run entirely on renewable energy. The two companies, North Star Batteries and Enersys, made the prototype batteries that will be used in two houses at Missouri S&T's Eco Village, where students and faculty will help monitor them. If the project is successful, an advisor from North Star said the proposed setup could be available to consumers in five years. A St. Louis startup called Covercrest closed on a $2 million equity investment led by Bayer Growth Ventures. Covercrest was founded in 2013, and their name derives from the plant they work with, which is called Pennycrest. Six education entrepreneurs completed an accelerator program run by Kansas City's Lean Lab. Four of them received funding, with a grand total of $60,000 distributed. A health data and analytics company called Bardavon Health Innovations has secured $15 million in funding from an Arkansas investment firm called New Road Capital Partners. Bardavon will use the money to expand into every community in the country, according to a press release. Now, let's go to my interview with Robin Ann Morse, founder of the Mary Jane Agency. Medical marijuana was legalized in Ohio in September 2016, yet it won't be available for purchase until the end of next year. Missouri will likely follow a similar timeline. Robin founded the Mary Jane Agency shortly after the election. She talked to me about what Missouri entrepreneurs can expect from the cannabis industry and what it takes to get involved. So first of all, can I just have you tell me who you are and what you do? Yes, um, my name is Robin Ann Morris. I'm the CEO of Mary Jane Agency, which is a staffing agency in the Ohio medical marijuana industry. Interesting. And what is the story behind the Mary Jane Agency? Well, I was born in Ohio, but I lived out in Colorado. When they legalized marijuana, because I have rheumatoid arthritis, I became a patient And then once Ohio legalized it, I said, let me come back to my hometown and do something for the community and and also have a business that I could do on my own and get enjoyment from. Talk to me about what the medical marijuana industry is like in Ohio. It was supposed to start in September of this year. Looks like they won't even have product ready and available to sell until January or February of next year. 
So can you talk about the steps that happen after it gets legalized and like what is it that takes two years? Right. Well, once the, the voters approve it, then they have to go through creating the rules and regulations. That's where a lot of the time comes into play. Then they form the organizations that are going to monitor it. Then they have to go through the process of picking the applicants who's going to be allowed to grow and sell it. Then the patient has to know how to go about getting a card if they qualify. There's only certain medical conditions right now in Ohio. There's 20 conditions that qualify. Then once you get your card and the product becomes available, they'll open up dispensaries where you can go in and purchase your flour or your edibles or your creams. So what has the Mary Jane Agency been doing then? I started early, got my SEO on my website. I've gotten my social media profile created. I'm just waiting for them to build the buildings so I can employ the people. (laughs) Well, how have you been able to make money? Well, I haven't. I've invested a lot of money. I haven't generated any income. I basically rented out my house in Colorado and living off of bad income. (laughs) It's been, I've made a real sacrifice to go from being a Colorado, a patient able to get cannabis to come to Ohio and not able to have it. But no, I haven't generated any income. That won't start until they actually roll out the program and more ancillary businesses come in to the the state to generate more jobs. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can't believe that. That is an investment. Oh, it's been a major, major, major sacrifice and investment. Not that you have to put a lot of money into it, but in order to cover the entire state, I have like a one- and two-way video process going where you can be anywhere and and interview right from your phone. It'll go into our database. Then when we get a company interested, we'll just shoot them that video. And if they're interested, they'll have you come in for an interview. And then we have our talent spotlight on the website where you can list your skills and put your picture up there so that companies can see you're available. Oh, that's pretty cool. So what are some of the other businesses in the medical marijuana industry? There's a whole lot of industries or sectors that's involved. Basically, anything you're doing in normal corporate USA can be applied to the cannabis industry. I, I tell people, take what you love doing and just transfer it. So what advice would you give for entrepreneurs looking to get into the cannabis industry here in Missouri? Well, like I said, start early. Try to be, you know, be be the first in what you do because, like I said, the big dogs are going to come in and try and take over. Um, You want to focus on influencers in the sector you're interested in. You know, read their blogs and listen to their podcasts and attend events and collect as many business cards as you can. Yeah, that's really good advice. How is it working with banking and payment services? I know they can be pretty strict with working with companies associated with cannabis. Well, if you're not touching the plant, you never tell anybody that you're in the industry. That's the first thing. I've had no problems at all because I just know. Like when I opened up my Mary Jane agency (laughs) account at the bank, The lady asked me what it was. I said, it's an employment service. Don't volunteer that information. Just go into the sector which which you're supposed to be in. Don't put the word cannabis or marijuana anywhere in your mouth when you're sitting in front of that rep. 
All right. Well, thank you. Do you have anything else to add? No. Um, thank you for thinking of me. And, you know, if I can be of assistance, just let me know. Well, cool. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Have a great rest of your day. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Kristen Williams considers herself a cannabis educator. Her company, Hempsley, provides educational materials on cannabis, herbal recipes, product reviews, and much more. The company is based in Columbia, the town where Kristen was born and raised. She became a cannabis advocate after experiencing its health benefits in her own life. Kristen joined us in the studio to talk about being a cannabis entrepreneur in a prohibition state. So you started Hemsley in Columbia, Missouri. What was your thought with starting it originally before it was on the ballot and before there was like any talk of it being legalized here? Like, because I, I, I think that seems like such an interesting place to start a business for cannabis. Oh, no, it definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Whenever I first, you know, entered the industry, was going to be a graphic designer. Yeah. Everybody was, you know, everybody in other states was like, when are you moving? Um, <laughs> you know, you have to move. And everybody here was like, what are you doing? This is a legitimate industry. Like, yeah. And you definitely have to move if you want to do that. And I was like, why do I Why do yeah. I have to leave my home? This is the yeah. place I love. These are the people I love. It's been really hard. It's been yeah. very, very tough because you know, we don't necessarily have the same types of revenue streams that you yeah. can have whenever you're in a legal state. And it is very much, it's been a very big hurdle convincing people that they should care about this and should learn about it. We launched in January 2017, so we're coming up on two years. And that first year was really, really slow. It was, um, you know, just starting to, again, I made it as a resource for people to, yeah. to send people to to learn about the endocannabinoid system. Really, when it started, it was just a couple articles yeah. about the endocannabinoid system. Um, and it was very much building relationships with local wellness companies. So um, really starting to reach out, start talking about it, just, you know, dip people's toes in the water. Yeah. And now finally people are open enough to carrying CBD products. Um, and, you know, I just had a big event in October um, called the Heart of Health Exchange where yeah. we took over all of Logboat for the morning and did a CBD enhanced yoga flow, a CBD infused breakfast, and then a bunch of DIY CBD workshops. Um, yeah. And it wasn't a CBD event. It was just a wellness event and CBD was one part of our conversation. It was really more about introducing people to the endocannabinoid system and all the ways you can care for it. Is Hemsley a registered LLC? It is. Okay, so from the start you were approaching this as this is a business. Right. Did you get people on your team before launching? No, it was really just me. Um, but yeah, from the very beginning, you know, it was just it was just me. Yeah. And um, single member single member LLCs are much more easy to manage as yeah. well. So <laughs> that was a big a big part. Um, we did. I wanted to make sure that I got a trademark started. That was one of my biggest yeah. goals whenever I launched. So I started the trademark process almost right away, and we're still working on it, which has been a roller oh coaster. Yeah. yeah, and especially, I mean, we don't we don't sell any cannabis products. We don't even sell CBD because yeah. that you know in Missouri it's a whole for a second, thing. yeah, right in Missouri it was kind of a question for a little bit whether or not it was legal to sell CBD. And yeah. so we decided we weren't even going to mess with it. Yeah. And yet we've still had, we've had so many hurdles. You know, we can't advertise through social media. We, even though we're just trying to promote wow. articles. Yeah. yeah. So why have you had a challenge getting Hemsley trademarked the name? So that was because they, they are still concerned that we are in some, in some way promoting 
illegal substances. Yeah. Essentially. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So we've had to go through a couple rounds of clarifying what exactly we do and having to sign off on all types of different things. We actually, um, the biggest, the first hurdle was that there was another company called CG Hempley that yeah. had an online CBD storefront, which I'm like, how did they get a trademark whenever they are selling CBD? Yeah. <laughs> And, and this is good to talk about for now that medical marijuana has been legalized for entrepreneurs that want to get more involved with that to hear about the challenges you've faced. Oh, my gosh. How have you been able to overcome that? It's really just... And I'm sure you're still working on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's hurdles every day. We still can't use um, a lot of payment processors. You yeah. know, I was very honest with um, Central Bank of Boone County whenever I opened an account with them about what exactly I was doing because I didn't want them to get shut down shut us down yeah Um, every single day people are shut down social media accounts get shut down we it's very possible that one day our instagram will just disappear that we've been working on for years you know um and so those are all very big fears we try to be very careful with what we put out um as far as sorry what was the original question (laughs) well yeah i mean yeah just thinking about the challenges yeah yeah so banking um like, we, ha- we have our s- website on Squarespace, yeah. but Squarespace is connected with Stripe, and Stripe is um, a payment processor that will not touch anything related to cannabis. Really? Um, whenever we launched our Heart of Health Exchange ticket sales, yeah. I built a whole new Squarespace, Squarespace website. I didn't have the word cannabis, endocannabinoid system, CBD, anywhere on the website, um, and the first ticket sale we got, we got a notice that our account was going to be shut down because they somehow figured out that CBD was integrated into this event. I, Whoa. They, they do their research, and um, they weren't having it. They yeah. did not want to work with us. So we had to go through squareup.com, um, and they're really good for point of sale, but as far as building an online storefront, it's not yeah. – the user experience just isn't very good. So we are working on launching a Shopify actually next week. Um, and Shopify has been known to be okay with cannabis businesses, but then there are sometimes some instances where they get shut down. Um, I was just chatting with a friend in the industry who said even ancillary businesses, so like pipe shops, um, anybody who anybody who sells – ancillary products has the potential to get shut down um uu shop apparently was using shopify and recently got shut down so um we are definitely working through that there are some payment processors who will work with high-risk businesses but their fees are through the roof i mean it is ridiculous how much they want for you know doing that and you can adjust your prices accordingly but then you seem like you're price gouging people and so one thing that my friend and I were chatting about apparently PayPal has been a really good way around that. Um, people will just send PayPal invoices yeah. to customers and then they pay that way. The thing with PayPal is if they find out that you're cannabis related, they will freeze your account and lock you out of your money. People have been locked out of their money for like up to a year at a time. Yeah. So w- the thing about PayPal is once you get the payment, transfer it out immediately yeah. to your bank account. So it's just a lot of managing things and taking extra steps and cautions. And what areas do you see as being pretty open for growth here in Missouri? Now, medical marijuana has been passed. Mm -hmm. What areas do you think entrepreneurs could really move into? Well, there's, I mean, it opens up so many possibilities. You know, there's cultivation, there's all kinds of ancillary services, you know, 
in other states there's graphic design firms that are solely dedicated to cannabis branding yeah so um you know banking law firms and it doesn't necessarily have to be cannabis specific i think especially in the beginning everybody was like i'm gonna be a cannabis law firm or i'm gonna be a cannabis graphic design studio but you don't need to single single out anything i mean it's maybe you want to brand yourself that way and market yourself that way but um i think that for entrepreneurs just adding this to their repertoire um One big thing is staying updated, though, because things move so quickly in cannabis. Yeah. Laws are always changing regulations. You know, as a graphic designer, I have to stay up to date on packaging and, um, you know, trends that are going on in the industry. There's all kinds of regulations about what types of thing. You know, you can't market to kids. And yeah. um, there's there has to be X, Y and Z symbols on the label. And it's different from state to state. too. Yeah. I've worked with companies across many states and it's all very different. So um, you just kind of have to be nimble. Um, so in that way, you know, if you want to stay focused in on cannabis, it can be helpful. But there's going to be so many opportunities, you know, cultivation, manufacturing and then storefronts it's actually um, distributing the products as well. Um, there's also opportunities for people, you know, that are going to be the connectors if you want to connect this facility with um, this manufacturer and be kind of the third party. I mean, so many opportunities. Have you done much with the university? Because I would think being located in Columbia, one of the biggest places that you would want to go is a university with college students, many, many of whom are very interested in cannabis. Yeah, Um I have three interns, and they are all seniors at Mizzou, (laughs) and they did a really great job of promoting our event to the college. Um, I didn't go to Mizzou, so I'm not very familiar with the campus, so they were really helpful in that regard, and, um, you know, we did, I did an interview with 420 Science on YouTube, and that's actually how one of these interns found me, and he invited me to the Students for Sensible Drug Policy meeting to Mm. give a presentation, so that was really fun to be able to connect with people who were, you know, on the same page as me and excited. And a lot of them were interested in entering the industry too. So I, you know, especially whenever I started, there were no opportunities to get involved with cannabis in Missouri. Zero. I even tried to get involved with legalization efforts. And all I was told was that I could gather petition signatures or fundraise. And I was terrible at both of those things. And so I really want to provide people with just opportunities to start being in the industry. You know, if you are, if, people are interested in moving out west or going somewhere else, you know, I just, I can be a stepping stone as well, as well as op- offer opportunities here. We could use graphic designers, we could use marketers, we could use um, videographers, you know, yes, yeah. yes, yep, all of it. So if anyone is interested in listening, feel free to reach out, hello at hempsley.com. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time to look at some important numbers in this week's Cannabis Startup News. It's Can I Get Your Digits? So, Annika, can I get your digits? Of course, Megan. This week, my number is seven. By June, which is less than seven months from now, Missouri must provide application forms for those interested in growing or selling medical cannabis. The constitutional amendment that passed earlier this month allows for patients to grow as many as six plants, provided they have the right license. Then, in August, Missouri will start evaluating licenses for marijuana cultivation, infusion, and dispensary. Megan, can I get your digits? Of course. My number for this week is 800. The Washington Post reports that smaller Canadian cities like Smith Falls in Ontario have seen dramatic changes recently. Smith Falls is home to the marijuana firm Canopy Growth Corporation. 
which has led to the creation of almost 800 jobs in the city of 9,000 people. At the end of 2017, nearly 2,400 people were employed by 55 licensed cannabis producers in Canada. This is according to Statistics Canada. Take into account that these are 2017 numbers, and cannabis just became recreationally legal in Canada back in October. All right, to end the episode, we have an entrepreneurship quote from Zongbo Wang, CEO of the radar tech firm Einstein. I made a lot of mistakes in the beginning, and even still now, but the only way that I see is recognizing those mistakes. It means you can improve and continue to mature as a founder and mature your team and your product. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Annika Merrilies and me, Megan Liz Smith. Our theme music was produced by Poddington Bear. This episode was recorded in the KBIA studios. We'll speak to you next week.